check, check, mic check. Presented by Empire on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, June 30th, the last day of June. Wow, where has time gone? Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Thanks to the folks at FlyRacing.com. Thanks to the folks at NFAB, n-fab.com. Appreciate them coming on board. Appreciate you guys listening. Round six at Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. Coming up this weekend, series is halfway over. Where'd that time go, too? What the hell? What the hell's going on here? With the ter- tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by the bikes of today, today's gear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight, protective, and uh, yet still durable. The Evo 2.0 racewear by Fly Racing is exactly designed for this stuff. The industry's first BOA closure system, uh, that thing on the back that you can adjust to make uh, the perfect size pant every time. If you're a 33 or a 35 or a 37 or whatever, it works out. Uh, Evo 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove. You now have the next generation of racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by today's four strokes. As well, n-fab.com. Of course, the Yamaha effort over at the factory Yamaha effort over at JGRMX. Has uh, NFAB on board with them, a huge part of their program. And the NFAB Ampro Yamaha Off-Road Race Team, n-fab.com. If you want to check out what they got, steps, light mounting solutions, bumpers, that kind of stuff, go to at NFAB Inc. on Instagram and Twitter. Please check them out, 702-586-7857. Got a few lines over. If you want to talk about Muddy Creek that happened last weekend or Red Bud that's happening this weekend, we can definitely talk about that. Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas is going to be joining us first up. And then after that, uh, Jeff Emig will be on, uh, the multi-time national Supercross champion. He will be on after, after those guys on to talk a little bit uh, Italian GP because uh, that's where I was. I wasn't at Muddy Creek. There was no show last week. I was in Italy. I went to the MXGP. Tim Geyser, 1-1. Jeffrey Hurlings, 1-1 once again. And uh, Fro and I will uh, talk about that a little bit, compare it and contrast it to some nationals, and uh, and get into all that. We're giving away. I thought that this was a, a typo. I, I didn't think this was right, but... We are giving away a set of Fly Sector boots. These are premium off-road boots uh, produced by the folks at Fly, well, produced by TCX, Fly Racing name. White, black are the color choices. This is a premium uh, ankle boot, booty uh, boot, and uh, they work out great. And I'm surprised we're giving them away, to be honest. Big dollars. Yeah. We're going to give them away to a lucky lucky caller, uh, 702-586-7857. Just give us a call and ask a, ask a decent question, and we'll, uh, we'll get it on. Talk a little Cooper Webb and his tweets that he now deleted as well. I want to get into that. Uh, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down over there. He's back after a week off. The Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? I missed you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. They're dropping like flies, bro. Yeah, they uh, are. Anderson out last week. I, mm-hmm. I tweeted about that uh, a little bit. Josh Grant is out. Tyler Bowers is in for him. Uh, uh, Cole Seeley now out for, I think, the rest of the summer is what the press release said. He got surgery on a pinky. Yeah. Um, so he's out for a summer. Like, it's nuts, man. It's, it's uh, phone's ringing and you can hear it. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry. All right. Um, that's a fine. Okay. Dude. Just Dungey, of course, your guy. Dungey's out. That was the uh, biggest hit of the month. Oh, by the way. Let's face it. it was, Dungey, yeah. Anderson, and Seeley, and Kennard is still out. Kennard should be back soon. But there's four guys mm-hmm. that are just podiums. I mean, they're just they're able to challenge for podiums or wins every week. Uh, so Tomac was closer at Muddy Creek, but Roxon still went one-one. But after that, man, there's a bunch of dudes that are going to get some podiums here. 
Actually, speaking of that, I was reading on uh, Vital, which is probably something I shouldn't That's do just first, in general. First mistake. But there, there's somebody who actually made a point that I thought was interesting when they were talking about Barsha and how in the past, he's, you know, this season he's had kind of lackluster results, but he got a fifth and second moto mm-hmm. or something like that. And I was wondering, do say he, I don't know, does he have another year on his contract? Yeah, he's, okay. yeah he signed already. Pretend he didn't. Okay. Would do any of the people going over contracts look at the big picture and say, well, yeah, I got a fifth, but if those other guys were here, he probably would have been maybe Dude, top ten. I mean, they do, but they're not smart enough to do that, to think about that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, they just look at where you finish. That happens a lot. I mean, the good managers are like, yeah, there are a lot of injuries, you know? I mean, obviously that's what happened, but I think these guys don't, I don't think they notice, you know? Fifth's I, a fifth. A fifth's matter. a fifth, man, yeah. yeah. Like, like you gotta be in it to win it, you know what I mean? Stay in it to win it. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, so I just I don't think they take that into account. I just don't think they do. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Let's get our, our first guests up on the line here, and um, we'll uh, we'll talk to those guys, uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, uh, Jason Wygant from uh, Racer X, voice of American Motocross, and JT from uh, from uh, Fly Racing, and uh, we'll talk to them a little bit. Of course, Jeff Emmett coming up. Looking forward to having those guys on Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB, uh, giving away a set of Fly Sector boots. White or black is your color choice. Uh, so give us a call and uh, let's talk. So yeah, and another surprise from uh, uh, Muddy Creek Cooper Webb two one for the overall. Uh, Savachi one seven and McElrath five uh, two. So a little bit of uh, topsy turvy result in the two fifty class. And I'd be a little worried if I'm if I'm Savachi about this Webb character. He could be heating up, and uh, if he gets any any better and starts challenging Savachi. We could see what's going on. And Jeremy Martin continues to kind of conf- confound a little bit. Uh, J-Mart, 6-5 on the day. Kind of decent rides. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But what's going on with him? We thought he b- would be the heavy favorite for this title, and it's not working out that well. Amart was fast as well. Alex Martin, but he had some bad luck in the first moto. Second moto, he got a, got a third, uh, which was a great ride by him. Uh, he was all over McElrath by the end, but... Really, if, if Webb starts heating up, I think these guys, these other guys could be in trouble. Webb moved into uh, second in the points as well after Muddy Creek. Of course, Martin Brothers had that DNF and high point that's still kind of hurting them. But, yeah, so that series is getting interesting. To talk about that and uh, and much more, uh, let's welcome the voice of American Motocross, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Oh, Steve is back in the USSSA. <laughs> I right. am. Yeah, I am. I uh, missed Muddy Creek. Um so, I guess, first of all, before we uh, talk about some other stuff, uh, what was your impression of Muddy Creek? I watched one moto, and I got in last night, and I haven't watched the motos today. Uh, Tomac was closer and was better, yes? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's Actually, it was probably the best race of the year overall as far as the, the racing is concerned. Um, there's a million factors as what makes a great weekend of the races, but we had two motos that came pretty much down on the wire, um, the overalls were up in the air. It was great. So that part was awesome. I think as far as the track is concerned, you know the standard Muddy Creek thing. Some of the riders don't like it. It's yeah. too tight. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was a coincidence that the racing turned out to be good and the track actually helped that. Often the track the riders want isn't the one that actually creates the best racing. So I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. But right. the racing was really, really good. And, yeah, that tomac Roxon battle was uh, what we were hoping to see all year. So maybe we'll see more of it. But at the end, in the end of the day, Roxon goes 1-1. <laughs> like, that's the bottom line, right? It is. And that, the yeah. huge question is, uh, you know, it seemed obvious. Okay, Tomac's making progress here. He's finally getting there. He's finally getting to him and challenging him. But Roxon was pretty adamant at the end of the day that he never really felt that good. And we actually, in our practice show, now not hosted by you, uh, Roxon went down, I think, three times in the second practice. It was weird. Um, and he said, yeah, I just never felt comfortable. So his angle was, I didn't even feel good, and I still managed to win. I didn't win by much, but I still won, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So it is, did he still go 1-1 on his worst day? I guess we're going to find out here yeah yeah absolutely to talk about uh yeah. the 450 class as well uh welcome jason thomas what's up jt what's happening what's up uh hey so first of all uh we'll get into the uh 250s here in the shortly here but uh Seeley's out and it looked like Seeley's out for the year with a pinky surgery injury right Weege, is that what you got out for the year yeah and honda um their pr staff is pretty good they even sent the x-ray so if anyone doubts as to how a pinky can take you out, it looks like something you would buy like as a Halloween costume hand. Um, his pinky is like 
Hey, Tiki, looks like the uh, turns before the um, before the ski jump this weekend, like the first turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, a left, right, right, left, right. right. That's what it looks like. Uh, so with Anderson out, of course, and Sealy out, uh, JT, do you have any estimates on Canard's uh, ETA when he when he's back? I have not heard anything. Uh, I mean, the last thing that I was told or the info I got was it was just kind of when he felt good. Uh, okay. He lost the lost some grip strength and uh, it was basically just up to him. Like the doctor said, if, you know, it's a pain feeling thing for you. It's not a you know like sick grade week or anything. Right. When can you do it? Um, okay, so with Anderson out and Kennard not here and maybe not back uh, for another couple weeks or whatever, Seeley's out, Dungey, of course, is out. Josh Grant, who wasn't really a podium guy, but he was definitely having a good solid season, he's out. Like, who's going to get that spot? Who's going to get that third spot in that class? Uh, this weekend it was Tickle, which is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I could see Muscan stepping up, JT. I could see Purcell maybe starting to heat up, or maybe even Baggett gets up to speed after missing some races. What do you think? Uh, right off the bat, I think Marvin is, is a, you know, kind of a likely suspect to that spot. I think he was, you know, arguably the third best guy. And the single, single second moto was fantastic. Uh, but I think, you know, Marvin was much better than his, his results showed. Um, just the first moto start was just, you know, horrific and set him way, way back. But, uh, I think Marvin is, is poised to do it. Um, but he's, he's got to iron out some of the kinks in his game. You know, he, he can't have the off weekend. He can't get bad starts. Um, but if I had to pick one guy to yeah. step up and, and fill that podium role, I would pick him. What Having said all that, I do think it's, I think we're going to get a kind of a mix of a lot of guys. I think Barsha has a, you know, will pop in there at times. I think uh, Baggett's going to get better and better. I think Marvin will be in there. Yeah. Um, I think it really opens the door for a lot of these guys, and a lot of these guys are going to gain confidence because of that. I think they're all going to be like, hey, man, there's, there's a podium up for grabs. Yeah. Weej, I, I think I could see Baggett. Uh, you're the Blake Baggett expert, Wygant, of course. Uh, I could see Baggett getting better and really starting to get in there. What, about, what do you think? Yeah, he was uh, surprisingly good at Muddy Creek. Now, he told me, I don't know if this is supposed to be known, but whatever, no one's listening here, right? Right, yeah, no one uh, He told me the real issue is that he's got a torn rotator cuff. That was the problem. Oh, jeez. That's often happened. You break your collarbone, and that's what you think the injury is. It's obvious on an x-ray. It looks probably weird. So you get that fixed, and you're like, why is everything still hurting? And then you investigate more. Uh, at Telmec last year, he dislocated the one shoulder. They put so much work into that. The next day, he's like, what's up with my other shoulder? <laughs> and then he finds out torn rotator cuff. So considering that, and Baggett only started riding on Monday before Muddy Creek, he was really good. He almost was top five. So I could see it. But um, the other guy... I think underrated. I feel like Barsha was a little racier at Muddy Creek than he's been at any point this year. Took a few shots at Broxton, took a shot for sure at his teammate, uh, Filthy <laughs> Phil. But I believe, see, Broxton passed Nicoletti, and I think Barsha's like, I got to get around him too. I'm trying to go with Broxton, uh-huh. which at no point this year was he doing that. And then the second moto, he came from way back and passed some good guys against fifth. So I think there's a chance. That Barsha is getting better, at least. Tell Baggett to not go into any fast pitch competitions because I tore my rotator cuff in '92, and then I threw a ball at Yankee Stadium a couple of years ago, and JT saw the result of that. So that was one of the greatest moments of my life. Was that that pitch? Rotator cuffs really sap you of arm strength. Let me just tell you, put that out there right now. So there are there are Girl Scouts that can throw faster than thirty six miles an hour. I'm telling you, bro, I had issues. I got a rotator cuff. I've never been the same. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some JGR now. Again, I watched the first moto. You guys missed it. Good job on that, uh, yeah. you and your crew. Yeah. Wygant. I'm kidding, yeah. but you guys did kind of miss it. Did you actually Still see? Bumped. Did they made it known. He was like, you got every single thing that happened in that turn all day. The one time, two guys ran into each other. Okay, so no one saw it, right? No one saw. Not really. Okay. Nope. So uh, you're the JG, as well as the Blake Baggett expert, Weed, you are also the JGR expert. What's okay. sort of the mood over there about that? Like, I talked to Phil, and he wasn't pleased. Barsha kind of has told Phil, like, I didn't mean that, which doesn't hold a lot of. Like, okay, so, so what? You didn't mean it. It still happened. Um, but what did. Um, what was the mood like? What's going on? What's, what's happening with those two? Yeah, uh, I think that was the case where Barsha apologized. It was a weekend of that because Webb, uh, Cooper Webb apologized on the podium to Adam Cincerillo because mm-hmm. he ran in, in the second moto. And uh, AC said, yeah, he can apologize all he wants. I'm not having it. So 
I, I think here's the fundamental thing. Like, yes, Barsha ran into Nicoletti and knocked him down, and they both ended up crashing. So, yeah. by definition, that's a dumb move, right? Well, right. There's no two I, ways I, about it. I stand that. Yeah, if you knock, if you go down with the dude, you didn't have yeah. it. You didn't have it. You, you never had right. it. Right. But like I said, if you watch the first few laps there, uh, I think Barsha was just desperate. He was the first time all year, I think, where he's like, oh, my God, I'm almost going as fast as Roxon." oh, my God, I can actually do something here. And I think he just made a dumb move thinking, like, if I can he got around Phil, i got to get around Phil. It was probably poorly planned or poorly attempted, but I don't think it was like it was a racing incident only in the standpoint of he was doing it to try to keep going to the front. I don't think he meant to knock anybody down. That's mm-hmm. just what happened. What do you think, JT? Are you kind of – what do you think of that deal? Like, obviously, we didn't see it. No, but none of us saw it, but uh, are you with me? Whereas if you fall down with your with your guy, you didn't have the pass? Yeah, but you know, I mean, this is kind of Barsha's mo is aggression to the to the point of a fault. Um, he kind of broke the cardinal rule, though, as you always back it down a few percentage points on your teammate, and you always be careful with Phil because Phil's on the verge of suicide as it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I just think you know, I think Weech has a point to where he actually probably felt like he had something to give and, and that always raises the urgency of like, Hey, I've got, you know, I actually have something here. Like I can't be held up by guys that I feel better than. Um, but at the same time too, I feel like maybe it was a bit of frustration too, because frustration has been mounting for Barsha all year long. And I feel like frustration kind of, you know, uh, shows up in weird ways at times. And all it takes is for Phil to cut over on him when he thinks he has a pass made, and Barsha, can, you can kind of just lose your head for a minute and, and make a stupid move. And I, I feel like that's what Barsha did in this case, was just you know make a, mm-hmm. make a bad decision um, when he let frustration get the best of him. I think some of it, too, honestly, is like I can't believe Phil Nicoletti is beating me. Not just for Barsha, no, that's, for yeah, other that's guys. Part of it. That's yeah, yeah. frustration. Yeah. That's part of frustration. You're like, too. this guy is Phil. He wears moose gear. It's Phil. And he's he's I mean we Phil Hall's ass, but we we take our shots at him in a fun way because we like him. He's a friend of all of ours. But I think some of it's like that too. You know what I mean? We're this guy. I can't believe this dude. So well, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, see, that's why I disagree because he only he just got to it. Like he and Roxon started behind him and they both caught up to him and that was like the first opening he had. It wasn't like he spent a lap getting roosted by him. Okay, so that's why I think it's right. a little different. True. Okay, uh, but yeah, you, I'm not defending him too much. He went down himself. I can only go so far. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Phil will take a shot if he's got it, I guess, and then it could get even better over there. Because now you have Weston Pike, JT, retweeting someone that said Barsha is overpaid and Weston should make that money. So things are great over there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that you know whether Barsha is overpaid is that's up to the person paying him. That's the only person that can decide that. Um, but I don't think anybody's in line to pay less than a million dollars right now. So he can retweet all he wants. I, I can send some ridiculous tweet well, out too and have him retweet that. But I just I don't make it true. I don't think you should do that if you're Pike. I don't think you should do that. I no, get, I, yeah, yeah, but Weston doesn't care. If we learned anything about Weston, he does not give a SHIT about what should or should not happen. I guess. I guess. I get tweets saying that Pulpamex show is better than the other radio show. I don't retweet them. I'm just not going to do that. I don't care, you know? So, um, I don't know. Have you ever beat somebody up on Fox Sports 1? (laughs) No, no, I never have. Good point. Okay. Well, there there you Um, go. Well, yeah, it should be interesting uh, to see what happens this weekend at Red Butt. Of course, uh, Red Butt, round six of the series. Um, we're going to do a, a fantasy show later on this afternoon, the NFAB uh, Racer X Fantasy Motocross Show. But, I mean, is this this is still rocks and still, even though Tomac was closer at Wygant, rocks and still the guy to put number one, right? I mean, he still went 1-1, even though Tomac was closer. Yeah, and the first moto when they were battling with Sealy, Tomac got close a few times, and Kenny was actually able to just manage that and even pull away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it'd just be ridiculous to say that the guy that still won isn't the guy who's the best guy. <laughs> he still won. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting also, Steve, you can if you get a chance to watch this, Tomac said in the first moto, I blew it in the first lap. I was ahead of him and I let him get by me. Yeah. I gotta make sure that doesn't happen again in the second moto and that's exactly what happened again. <laughs> so <laughs> right. these first yeah. laps for Roxon and we've yeah. seen it. Uh in, in even those last few supercrosses when he got hot, his Ability to pass six dudes on the first lap is something no one has an answer for right now. Yeah, it's uh, 
it, it, it's, it's a remarkable trade of a lot of really, really fast guys. I've seen it time and time again over the years. These guys like yeah. Ricky and Chad and Stu can get a bad start, and then before you know it, they're in a top three position after three or four corners. It's like they just that's when they that's when they're at their best. They just kind of freak out. Um, JT, is there any chance? I have a, que- I have a yeah. question. Is there any chance? And and I know Steve, you remember this because you did the interview. But flashback to two years ago at Redbud, and Roxon's a point leader, and he just absolutely crushes everyone at Redbud. And then he's walking around, you know, with his chest puffed out, telling everybody how good he is. Uh, and then that was kind of it for Roxon. He still won the title, but it was downhill from there. He did not look good the rest of that season. Um, is there any chance that he finds his midseason slump again? Because this is. This is something that Roxon does. Every series in the middle point, he struggles. And I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. I doubt he knows why. Is, is there any chance that we see this with Tomac coming on, or is he just going to dominate the rest of the summer? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we kind of looked at it in Supercross a little bit, and, and Roxon just got stronger near the end of the series. Um, right. But that was a little different because he you know, was nursing some injuries early on. Well, not, not really. Not really. But um, I don't know. I suppose maybe. I, it, Roxon has slipped in the second half in more series than he's gotten stronger. There's no doubt about that. I don't see it. Weege, what do you think? Yeah, I guess the jury's out. I mean, it certainly uh, could happen. I think the unfortunate thing is, though, Tomac's in such a big hole, and there's so fewer, so many fewer riders this year to get in between. I mean, Dungey almost dug that title out, but you had Tomac and mm-hmm. Kennard were also good at the second half of that year. So Roxon was getting forts when yeah. he was struggling. Yeah. I mean, dude, they were – 30-some seconds up again of everybody else in those Muddy Creek motos. So I, I certainly see Tomac winning some races, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to uh, – even if Kenny starts falling off, he's still probably going to get second. And you know how I like to do that math. <laughs> I know. You're a big fan of that. Uh, let's yeah. quickly take some phone calls here. Uh, moto Guy, what's up, man? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. What's your question? My question is, how are going to fill in for – Either of the guys here in the next couple of weeks, because now they're down two guys. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Weech, can we can we talk about that or no? It's not that big of a deal. What, what are we talking about, Honda? Yeah. Well, I don't. Even, I think we could pretty much, without talking to any sources at all, figure that Freddie Norton's probably going to get that bike. Yeah, right? it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise to anybody, but we just sort of found out that Norton will be stepping in. Which, again, no one should be surprised about that. Fast Freddie is loved over there. He's put in some good results. So Freddie will go Can in. Freddie will go in for Sealy, and then hopefully Canard comes back, and they're back to a three-man team. Because don't forget Bogle's over there. So. Can we talk about Chad Reed retweets of Cooper Webb? Yeah, we're going to talk about that next, though. Hang on the line, or hang on the show, Moto Guy. We're going to get to that. So, uh, All right, next question about Phil and Amart. Alex, what's going on? Is this actually Alex Martin to talk about Alex Martin and Phil Martin? And Phil? No, but I do have a scenario. Let's say Alex Martin moves up to the 450s next year after he does the TLD thing, and Coy Gibbs walks into JGR and tells Phil, hey, we need to cut your program. We gotta pay. We gotta pay Alex for his contract. What's Phil's reaction? Oh wow, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Coy has told me that he wants to keep Phil next year. Same program. Fill in Phil Nicoletti. It's just a question of whether Phil gets another ride, I guess. But um, I don't think Amart's going up to four fifties anytime soon. So uh, JT, though JT, do you think that Phil? I don't think Phil will get any other offers when there's so many guys out there, and I look for him to go back there. It's exactly the same deal. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's a bad time for it because I think in a you know a, maybe a different situation he absolutely would get a deal somewhere because you know whether or not he crashes a lot or whether or not um, he's a perfect role model for up and coming youth uh, is a you know a totally different conversation. But he's, he's skilled and talented and can get results. Uh, but, man, you look at who's available with Bogle, Tickle, Pike, Weimer, uh, all these guys on and on, Baggett, Brady. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of guys in front of them. And they're all – those guys' are, prices are coming down by yeah. the day. Yeah. Um, so that just puts Phil in a very vulnerable position. And, honestly, if I'm Phil, I try to get my deal shored up with, with Coy sooner than later. What do you think, Weege? 
Yeah, same here. Um, I think he likes the way that – he's one of the only riders, I think, that would agree to that program. I think yeah. he kind of likes the low-pressure and less supercross thing where most riders are going to be begging to get out there more. I think he's one of the few that this would actually work perfectly for, so it's almost too good of a fit. Uh, all right, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB. Jason Wigand, Jason Thomas on the line. Jeff Emig coming up uh, after these two jerkies. Uh, let's switch to 250s. Now, Cooper Webb won at his home track. He put in, I guess, that second moto. I want to watch it. I've heard it's phenomenal. Um, he's now second in the points. If I'm, and I, and I think we'll talk about his tweets here in a second, but uh, if I'm Savachi Weej, I'm a little worried. Like, his wrist is better, he's going to get some confidence. Like, uh, this this could be something here for Cooper Webb. Well, I'm more worried uh, just than for the results. Yeah, I think it is becoming clear now that Savaji is going to become the target of the Cooper Webb protocol of trying to jack with dudes uh, and get in their head. Uh, I know Cooper was not happy there was a red cross flag situation at High Point where I believe Alex Martin and Savaji they thought they might have jumped on a wheels-on-the-ground flag. Uh, they determined they didn't. Their results stuck. I don't think Webb was pumped on that. So then he yelled over at the pro circuit and mm-hmm. said, good job jumping on a wheels-on-the-ground flag. Um, that's just the way Cooper Webb does it, man. He stirs it. Then the coolest thing I saw on Instagram last week was some dude at south of the border put up a video of Cooper riding, and there was no message in it. It just said, at Joey Savacci. Like, Look at this on your feed, Savachi. This is coming for you. <laughs> this, is, this feed is this coming is, for you. This is the man. So, um, yeah. No, I don't think any factory rider could see someone ride on a random Wednesday and be scared of it. Um, yeah. Everybody can go fast. But anyway, the point is it's not just Webb riding better, but I think Webb has officially been like, okay, Joey, you're the guy I'm going after. Look out. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Um, obviously, um, the two-time champion J- JT, the two-time champion uh, J Mart, like, I don't, what's going on? Like, we're this isn't going very well here. Yeah, he's got to have some kind of something like virus, injury, something, something he doesn't right? want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely something I've I've never seen um, him fade. Obviously, you know, J Mart's strength is consistency and fitness, and he's really had neither of those this year. Um, so I think there's there's an underlying issue he doesn't really want to talk about. Um, it could be could be related to why you know him and Osho split. Who knows? Um, that, that's pure speculation, but it would kind of make sense as far as why they decided to go a different route. Um, but he's certainly not the Jmar we've seen the last two years. I, I fully believe that. No, I agree. Uh, where did you stand on? All we saw was Cincerillo's helmet cam on the web move with that. Uh, I don't think it's 100% Webb's fault because Adam did pull out of the rut uh, and Cooper was probably already pretty committed. But what's your take on that, JT? Or, or was it on TV? Am I, did I miss it? when I I saw – all I saw was Adam's GoPro. And, um, you know, that turns – you know, I've, I've raced that track before and that turns tricky because the fast line is to sweep in, uh, but that wasn't the line Cooper was on. So, um, you know, Cooper's aggressive. He's not scared to stick it in there. And I think he probably overcommitted. And when by the time he realized that Adam was coming back across, it was far too late. I don't think Cooper went in there to take him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Cooper went in there to try to make the pass stick. And it was one of those things where both guys committed to being in the same spot at the same time. And, you know, Adam took the brunt of it. So right. I, I, would be, I would be pissed if I was Adam. No question about it. I would be mad. But I think in his heart of hearts, I don't think Cooper went in there to knock him down. I really don't. Because if he did, he wouldn't say anything. That's right. just Cooper's personality. He probably would laugh on the podium. He definitely wouldn't apologize for it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, staying with the Cooper Webb thing, he's put out a series of tweets last night uh, since deleted. Uh, but uh, he, he retweeted, he's going to race the USGP at Charlotte and maybe the one in Glen Helen, I'm not sure. But he retweeted the first look at the Charlotte Motor Speedway track, which is fine, that's awesome, like whatever, who cares. Uh, but except he goes, uh, looking good, can't wait for a real MX series race to be held in the States. And then uh, another tweeter said, uh, what do you like so much better about GPs? And Cooper said, it's run as professional as you could run a race, 10 times better than the USA. 10 times. I don't know if that, I'm exactly sure how he uh, uh, did that. So um, and then, uh, um, the, the tweeter, Tanner Hall, said, are you not racing a real MX series right now, or is this fake? I like that comeback. Cooper was, it's a real series that won't be around much longer with fake promoters. 
Yes. And then one more jab um, about the TV package. Uh, the main source of the press is run by the same people that run the Nationals. See the, pro- see the problem? Question mark. To me, TV has gotten worse. And fair, uh, uh, in full disclosure, uh, I work for Racer X, so does JT, and so does Weege, of course, who, who <laughs> parent company is MX Sports. Yeah, what's he talking about? Yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about. There <laughs> right. <with> the <laughs> right. Uh, we but can leave. Doesn't, doesn't MXGP do have the same thing? Doesn't Paul Malin work? You know, like all, isn't it all the same kind of like over there? Uh, they have, yeah, they have their, wrong? yeah, they have their official sources for sure. You know, like Jeff um, Meyer is kind of on the, you know, MXGP payroll. On, you know, I, I just, I don't think that Cooper is just completely off base as far as what the point he's trying to make there. But I don't see huge differences in how MXGP goes either. You know, like whether you think that's right or wrong is, is your opinion. I just don't think you can draw like hey you see how they're doing it they're doing it right well you know, I, don't, I don't i just got back right. from there i was literally just there last weekend uh yeah. the gate flinched twice and caught some guys and there's on video and they just didn't do anything about it um some guys were caught in the gate and they just shrugged their shoulders like whatever um you know they don't pay out uh, they don't have any purse money which is a source of discontent among many riders uh rides are limited you just can't show up and race there there's Pluses and minuses to the GPs, and there's pluses and minuses to the uh, uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series here in the U.S. But I would like to say, like for Cooper, like I, I don't ten times better than U.S. It's run those GPs. Like I disagree with that. I both series, you know, things are negative about both series and positive about both series. But Weege, where do you think he's coming from with this? Is this hashtag? The red flag jump gate hashtag uh, press conferences gate that we spoke about on our last week's Racer X podcast where Cooper has skipped uh, all three of the press conferences uh, so far this year that he's made out of four races, uh, three of them that he's supposed to be in at. He skipped them. He tried to skip high point. He was threatened with the 40th gate pick by the AMA because, after all, everyone else does to do the press conferences. And Cooper went up there, threw a bit of a fit, didn't give him any answers, and, and stormed off and probably missed his flight. Um, is it? Do you think, Weege, is that where this is coming from? I actually don't because, yeah, so there's two things, I guess, that he could technically be angry about, and he has a right to be whatever. I, the press conference is the rule. Every other rider does it. I don't think he has the right to say that all of a sudden it's ridiculous to be told to go to something they've had at these things for 15 years. And, and, be, and Ross and Ryan don't hey, go every week. And because, you, wanna, because you have a flight out. Like, that's not an excuse. You have a flight. No, well, don't that's literally your... the words, I believe, that were told to him. <laughs> because if you're trying to have a fair competition, if Joey Savacci has to fly home Sunday morning and sleep three hours before he goes to the airport, well, why do you get to leave Saturday night and get home Saturday night? Because you're skipping the press conference. Like, that's just not even fair. Um, but I guess he, you know, he, they did have to threaten him to make him do it, so I guess he's mad about that. He did, by the way, at Muddy Creek, apologize for the short answers in the press conference at high point, so I thought, oh, this is behind him. But then I heard he once again said, I have an early flight Saturday in Chicago. I got to leave Red Button. I can't do the press conference. So it's back again. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you, again. you can't do that. Yeah. I, I don't understand no, where can't. I can't understand where Cooper, his team, or Yamaha, or anyone thinks that this is fine. Like, you know? So, right. Yeah. So, so you can, just, you can just do like Purcell and go slower, like Melville. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, I guess he had a little beef over that. I think a completely unjustified beef, but I guess he's a little mad over that. And he's mad about the ruling on the wheels on the ground flag at high point. But I'm still thinking those two things aren't extreme enough to go to this level. This is like nuclear level. I mean, yeah. you know how the world works. Like, yeah. Yeah. He has the industry enough. You can't just throw these things out there and just think they're ha-ha or just innocent. Like, this is a big, big, big deal. So it's got to be something else. Uh, deleting them is a weak move, by the way. Deleting them is – they're out there, bro. They're out there. They're screen captured. They're on vital. They're out there. You can't delete them. I think I, I, that's a weak move. I would tell him that to his face. If you're going to say it, stand by it. Uh, JT, what's your opinion on his source of these of his discontent? Uh, I think there's a few things um, going on here. I think, you know, all the things that we and you covered, is, I think those are stemming from it. I just think it's a lot of things um, all at once. Plus, I think – with um, for some reason there's a there's a, a tide of people that are thinking the GPs are awesome. Uh, you know he, I know he looks up to Chad a lot. I don't know if that's a reason or not, but Chad has been pretty vocal lately uh, about how he feels. And, and there are you know 
in my opinion, different motivations for that that aren't really all that, um, you know, I guess there are, there Just, are things that, you know, behind the scenes yeah. yeah, that really change the opinions of that stuff. And that, that can be ebb and flow. That can all change, you know, daily, honestly. Um, so I, I don't know. It was very – I think if anybody said they saw that coming, they would be lying because that, I could understand if you have some discontent, but to take the stance he did and be that hardcore and – Honestly, some of the things you're saying, like, it's your D.C., like, that's cause to go say, hey, man, we need to have a talk. Like, you can't, you can't say things about me and my series without, you know, having to answer for it. Like, about, about, the part, still, about the part about being real promoters? With right, or, right. Like, yeah, uh, a real you know, series? He, he's, right. Insulting, he's insulting people. It's not that you're just having an opinion. Like, you're, you're kind of stepping out of line, in my, in my opinion. If, if I'm D.C., I take that stuff personally, and... And obviously, you're not going to go like fight a kid or something about it. But you're going to you're going to say, oh, hey, you're, man, like, you're yeah. going to pull him aside and be like, "What is yeah, going on?" Right, you have, yeah. right. You have something to say. Like, let's hash it out. Like, this is these are real things with real consequences, you know. And um, I just I just don't think it was a very smart move. You know, there's a lot of people that often joke. A lot of radio, mainstream sports commentators that often make jokes about athletes and, and social media. And it's kind of uh, a ticking time bomb if you if you give a professional athlete a, a mm-hmm. social media platform for long enough, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that and and uh, just poor decisions. And whether he has a, an opinion or not is is not really the issue. It's that you can't take stances like that on social media because it's never going to be interpreted correctly, and you're never going to come off um, as making your point justly when you go at it with that angle. To say the TV has gotten worse, Weege, does he want to go back to the OLN days when it was a week and a half later or two weeks later? What has gotten worse yeah, about I, the TV? I mean, it's, I, it's exactly the same. I, guess. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I've got to kind of duck out of this because it's going to just sound like I'm biased because I'm part of that. But, I mean, it's not any different. We're not yeah, yeah, yeah. Different no, than we were in 2009. That's what I'm saying. I can't yeah. understand. Like, the, only, the TV has gotten better. Now, whether it can be better from here, I get it. When you say TV has gotten worse... I'm not on that program at all. It's it, it can be better, but it hasn't gotten any worse. <laughs> we used to have a two- American, yeah. Sports, American Sports Travel is amazing. Yeah, we had it. You know, two weeks later with Ping when Ping was doing it. You know, on OLN. So, um, yeah, I don't understand where this is coming from. That's why Weege, you're not totally on our side a little bit, but I just think this is Red Cross problems and press conference problems. And But I got news for him. I was just at the GP. Jeffrey Hurling's had to do three press conferences in two days. So if he's going over there, he's, he's got to get ready for these press conferences. They they trot the dudes out all the time. And if I you, guess I'd be just disappointed because if he's so personally biased towards himself – where he personally doesn't want to go to the press conference, and he personally had a ruling not personally go his direction, and then he decides that that means the series is not run professionally and the promoters are fake. Like, those things aren't connected at all. You can be mad at the rules, or yeah. the rules didn't work your way, but when you start making blanket statements like the series is fake and, the, and it's not professional, like, there's nothing not professional about making you go to a press conference and that professional <laughs> having a referee make a ruling one way or another. Right, like right. It's completely, it, that's the, it, if you want to, if you want to go on Twitter and go off on the press conference thing or the Red Cross thing over and over, you're like, well, hey, the call didn't go his way. He has a right to be mad. Yeah. But to then equate that to fake promoters won't be around, unprofessional TV packages getting worse. Those things are not related to me. So I'm almost hoping it's something else because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be so bummed on this guy. Yeah, and JT, probably safe to say Cooper Webb isn't going to be in the $2 million range for salary next year, right? Safe to say? Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> perhaps if he should go to GPs and see if he can get $2 million for that series. Because he, he, he would have to be a promoter. He would have to be a promoter to make two million in the GP series. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so oh. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Again, we all work for Racer X, and I get that. But Transworld covers the races uh, with with a lot of people as well, and and they they don't they aren't reporting different things than we are. You know what I mean? Like we're we're all hiding something. The main right. source of press. None of us hide anything. None of us get spoken to about anything. And if there was something we were hiding, then I would assume Transworld would report it, and we would all be like, oh, we can't say that, and that doesn't happen. So the, the, you, know, the, the thing I, you think MXA would? What's that? You think MXA might want to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if anybody, you know, if there was some big conspiracy of the press being run by the same people who run the Nationals, then I would look for other outlets to report on drastically different things, and they never seem to. 
you know the thing the thing I would say about this whole thing there are there are issues in both series there are things that I you know I'm fully aware of I raced that series for you know a decade and a half and I know where there are things that could be better and the, and the riders aren't getting a fair shake on things uh, and I, and I can understand Cooper being mad about certain things that haven't gone his way and other issues as well but what I would say to him is this is not the way to get anything done you're not going to accomplish anything other than causing problems your your sponsors are going to stress out you're going to really alienate the you know anyone that you're trying to reach with this message going about it this way so you're really not accomplishing anything um if you ha- if you want to see things done these are things you need to go talk personally to the people that you're insulting honestly that that's the only way to get things done because you're dealing with business professionals whether you agree with their decisions or whether or not these are people this is what they do for a living and they're making decisions based on you know, what's profitable for them and what's good for the sport or in their opinion. Going on Twitter and blasting everyone, that, that really doesn't get anything done. And it's, I don't know if he's trying to get anything done, but it seems like <laughs> wow. you know, he's upset. Like he's upset with certain things, and he wants to ha- see changes just the same as Chad Reed does. Going about it this way, I just don't think it accomplishes anything. I think it's, it's very counterproductive in the long run for him. Do you think JT is upset with perhaps the announcer, the lead announcer of the series? Um, yeah, are we talking about GL? No, I'm talking about the 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 main the main guy, the guy that calls the action. Do you think it? No, I you know I don't. I didn't really get the TV thing. Like I, I think there are legitimate points he has. I don't agree with the way he went about voicing those, but I don't. I didn't get the TV thing because I think TV coverage and TV analysis is is the best we've ever seen. So yeah. I maybe he has points he couldn't voice in 140 characters on that side. Um, and I know he's saying like you know every every ounce of media is run by one outlet, um, you know, and, and maybe he has a point there, but I, I can honestly say that whether it's you or me or Weege or Pingree or whoever, we're pretty unbiased. Like, Steve's to a point to almost to a fault where you get yourself in trouble being unbiased. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't get that I, part at I, all. I don't really know that I can follow along with that, that side of it. All right, quickly before uh, we get Jeff Emig on, uh, Josh, you got a question for JT and Fly Riders? Yeah, I was curious of whether or not there was a clause in their contracts to where these guys can't have individual energy drink sponsors. Outside of the, you know, rock star guys, um, there's, you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's like, nothing else on the, on the helmets, or at least on the helmet side of things. Because these guys, are um, rock star guys are running aero helmets, the guys in Canada are, <clears throat> are running bells. No, there, I don't think there clause. is, but JT, go ahead and answer. It depends. Uh, obviously, we always want our athletes in fly helmets. It's a huge category for us, mm-hmm. um, and we're getting we're getting more and more. Um, you know, a kind of we're trying to. I don't want to say forceful, but we're definitely trying to make it worth their while to stay head to toe in our product. Uh, but no, it's not a it's not a thing where they can't. You know, it it's really more working with the energy drinks to make sure that they don't just completely commandeer the helmet because. If you just yeah, hand, you know, Monster or Rockstar or whoever a helmet, they're going to turn it into their helmet, you know, and we still want it to be a fly helmet uh, with, you know, co-branded with someone else. So it gets a little bit sticky because everyone's buying for the same real estate when it comes to a helmet. But, no, we don't have anything where we're just like, you can't do this, you can't do that. All right. Thanks, Josh. Uh-huh. Thanks, man. Uh, last question here. Tanner, what's going on? You want to talk about Cooper uh, yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up, but like I was the one that was talking with him, and his main thing seemed to be that he was saying the riders are tr- treated better over in the GPs. I don't know, like when you go, do you notice that, or what? what um, how do the promoters treat him different? No, I don't notice that. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't understand where that would come from either. You know, um, I've heard that before, and I I think there are. There are a few people around, the, you know, our series that, um, and I, I've been a victim of this, that don't necessarily treat the riders with um, the utmost respect, <laughs> however you want to put that. Um, but I haven't, I haven't raced, you know, the GP series or doing any, anything like that. But I've heard that they, they are given more of a voice and, and are, get, you know, treated more like the show than maybe uh, athletes are here. So 
Whether that's true or not, I, I can't really well, speak to, but I have heard that echoed before. I have too, except, you know, when Coppins spoke out about the GPs or Ben Townley spoke out, they got quickly hauled into a, a yelling session. Same with DeCoster. DeCoster gave an interview where he said the USA riders don't want to ride GPs because they don't pay. And um, so then they get hauled in and they get yelled at and threatened at and everything else. So, you know, uh, the, you know, there's not seems to be like a lot of free speech about with the riders over there in my experience right. and from guys I speak to. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I get what you're saying, too, JT. I 100 percent agree. There's a couple people that work within the series that, uh, frankly, are assholes to uh, to. Yeah, people. I, I've been I've been treated like less than a human before. Yes. And this was when I was like, a you know, battling for top tens. And I'm like, really? Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You're going to talk to so, me like that? I agree. So but that's just goes. That's just uh, I think on both sides of the water with with people. You know, that's nothing. It's not a directive uh, issued out by the by the MX sports people to treat riders like that. It's just some of the people working in the series. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just people are people. Yeah. Um, all right, thanks, Tanner. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, one more quick question. Yeah, go ahead, quickly. Um, do you have problems, like, since you're working for RacerX and, like, which is connected to MX Sports, do you still have problems when you go over to the GPs with getting passes? Like, I know you haven't. No, pass. yeah, one time they, uh, they denied me a pass for Glen Helen USGP for things that I'd written or said about the GPs, and they told me, don't make a big deal out of it, and the next time you'll get passes, and I immediately made a huge deal about it on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter and everything, and, and bought my own passes and everything, and I was waving to people in the media tent, uh, that, and then that happened, and I never had a problem since then, honestly. Um, but yeah, one year I did get uh, you know, denied credentials, but um, never since then, so no problem for me. All right, thanks, Tanner. Right, Appreciate it. All right, Weege, JT, thanks very much. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAP. Thanks, guys. No worries. Hey, yeah. yep. Yo, is there a chance this whole thing is about wash pace? Is that all Cooper Webb is going to ask for? <laughs> uh, if it is, then I'm Team Webb. I am Team Webb if it's wash pace. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. That's uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Quickly into our next guest. He is multi-time AMA motocross and supercross champion. The great Jeff Emig. What's up, Fro? How are you? Sorry to put you on hold for a while, buddy. Oh, it's, yeah, you're 17 minutes, but I, I, uh, that's all right. It's, it's worth the wait, and it's great to hear your voice. Steve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we covered Red Butt a lot with, the, with JT and Wygant. So for you, I, I was at the Italian GP. I can't believe we didn't run into each other. My wife yeah, is more. Uh, is, well, my my wife is more distraught, by the way. But yeah, we're we're fifteen thousand miles away, and we're in the same town, the same city, and never. Dude, I was there doing TV with Paul Malin, so I did every race all weekend. So it, the only place to find me was in the broadcast booth. Really. Yeah, yeah, and they're not that letting... and uh, that and uh, one of the hospitalities where I was eating lunch. Yeah, they're not, and they're not letting me anywhere near any of those two areas for no, sure. So. No, they, yeah, just, they know better. It's just um, each. Each team's got a security guy just on Mathis alert. They heard. I know. There. I yeah. uh, you went to Madeley Basin. You went to Italy. Um, and uh, first of all, a Gase, Tim Gaser, this kid, and and you work with him a little bit, being Shift, right? Oh, he's Fox now, but he was Shift. Um, yeah, and, yeah, he was with our Shift brand uh, the last two years. Yeah. Uh, but you know him pretty well. I met him for the first time on Saturday. This kid's got over a hundred point lead. I think he's on his way to clinch the MXGP World Title. He won MX2 last year. Um, he's going to the monster cup this guy is that'd be, the, that'd be the monster energy cup monster energy cup this guy is for real though like i watch him and i talk to people over there you know him better you've probably watched him closer than i have i think he's on the level of a rocks i really do what, what's your thoughts yeah i mean especially with the type of racing that they do and i mean those guys ride so much more on the weekend than what our riders do we're one day format in and out mm -hmm. wham bam um, it's such a different event. It's so drawn out. Um, that's why you see so much hospitality setups and things like that is because they do a really good job of, of being able to provide services for all the riders and teams and people around, media and whatnot, because you're there for, you know, two days or so, three yeah, days. Three days. Like, three days for the crew, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got in there on Friday afternoon. So um, that's what's different about our racing here versus there about the setup. You know, we come in and it's like, boom, you show up Saturday morning, you're, you're done Saturday evening, you're mm -hmm. out of there. And so uh, it's a different style. Like I said, there's a lot more riding. Um, specifically with Geyser, I was a little fearful that his aggressive, loose technique, that he was going to be hitting the mat a lot more than what he is. 
than what he has, especially jumping up to the 450. I felt like he probably could have used one more year on the on the 250. Mm-hmm. But um, he's I, I think he's better. He's been better on the 450 than he was the 250. Yeah. Uh, and just in general, I think the level of speed and their intensity is pretty damn good. You know, I'm not trying to play both sides of the pond here or anything. I, you know me, I try to mm-hmm. stay as fair and balanced as possible. But, dude, those guys are hauling ass. Yeah. No, they are. Well, I think we talk about it, too. Our guys do Supercross eight months of the year, motocross yeah. four months. They do exactly. motocross 12 months of the year. And I think you can look at the motocross the nation's results recently. This is showing through in the last five, six years, seven years. Yeah. This is really showing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've always said is, like, if, if, you know, when I go over and some of the media guys over there, you know, the ones I'm talking about, they're always like, oh, well, you know, what do you think about, like, AMA versus FIM, you know, because that's really, I don't really separate it with, like, Americans versus Europeans because right. we have Australians and French riders and all that here, right, in, right. The, in yeah. the U.S. Yeah. So it's the AMA riders versus the FIM riders. And I'm like, look, we're not comparing apples to apples anymore. If you are... If if you um, don't have to ride the motocross of nations team, you ride four months of motocross and eight months of supercross, mm-hmm. and it is a completely different thing. And that's why I do think that, generally speaking, I'm saying if you take the top ten, I feel like the top ten in Europe in motocross is better. Uh, I would probably agree with you. Um, so, and I think but, the depth. I think I think the know, depth is better that, over here. But I think the depth yeah. is better over here. But the, the top at the top echelon of the class. Oh no! Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And but you know, let's don't. You know what I always talk to the European journalists is like, hey, let's don't kid ourselves. Anytime that you guys want to have a a supercross of nations, bring it on because you're going to see <laughs> right. uh, certain guys. They're, I mean, they, they wouldn't even qualify, but yet they're some of the most amazing motocross riders because what they do is motocross. They don't do supercross. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's just put it into perspective. Let's put it out on the table. What's going to be awesome is I hear that with the new deal and everything, Tim Geiser is going to be riding the Monster Energy Cup. Mm-hmm. I think that he is talented enough in supercross that he will get by and he will look pretty good. From what I hear... A guy like Roman Fevre, who is amazing, by the way. The guy is, I mean, he's unreal. He's got a supermoto background. Mm -hmm. And that he may struggle more on Supercross than maybe what Geyser would, right? So, you know, Geyser to me is is more like a Roxon. Roxon came over, adjusted to Supercross really quick, won a 250 title. He's won tons of races. Mm -hmm. Um, He certainly is one of the favorites again next year. You know, so I put guys in that category. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, second moto when Caroli was leading for 25 minutes, uh, and guys are oh, all dude. over him. That was an epic race, man. It got, got, gave me chills. It really did. It was so good to see those two go at it. Oh, yeah. We were doing, uh, Paul Malin and I were doing the World Speed broadcast, and uh, it was the last moto of the weekend, right? We right. were calling motos all day for two days. <laughs> yeah. And it was so exciting because, like I mentioned on the broadcast, it was almost like, Here's the changing of the guard. The eight-time right. world champion, yep. he's hanging on. And then you see Geyser over that, over that one little tabletop just scrubbed it and almost crashed and, like, never lost the beat. You're like, uh-oh, <laughs> Caroli's in trouble. Yeah. And, that, and that's it again. Like, Geyser and Febra were going to be on a different level this year. Now it's just Geyser. And I thought you're going to see him mellow out a little bit now. Dude, he's experiencing all of this success. Like he's a little kid for the first time that he's winning. He's, it's so refreshing. And he rides the bike, and I'm just like, dude, this guy's like, how can you ride at this pace? Yeah. And it was great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, it was, uh, you saw Chad Reed the last couple of weeks. Um, he didn't do much in Italy, you know, even, at, even if he hadn't had a sore hand and even if he hadn't had the bike problems. He simply doesn't have the motocross time right now, and he hasn't no. been on the level of motocross if, uh, for a while. But I, the point I'm making, though, Fro, is every time I went to go talk to him or go see him or talk to Goose, massive line around the tent. Uh, people really oh, yeah. enjoyed having Chad there the last two weeks. Oh, he's a global superstar. The fans appreciate what he's meant to the sport uh, globally. Um, it was great that we had him there. We debuted the 2017 uh, Shift MX line, so he's been wearing that. 
um, Monster Energy brought him over, and Yamaha and everybody put it together, and Rinaldi helped him with all of the, you know, the uh, logistics. And uh, it, it wasn't about getting a 15th or a top 10 or a win. It was about making your presence there. And, um, you know, I'm sure that he would have liked to finish a little better, but, you know, he's on vacation now for a month or two. So I can tell you from the rider's perspective, the closer you get to your flight departure time, <laughs> the, the slower you're going to go. Yeah. You're just like, uh. yeah. So, and, and, and to be fair, like the tracks both weekends were pretty gnarly. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he's not, you know, he's part-time, of, he's part-time, part-time even. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, it was cool to see him, though. He's, he, if anybody's doubting, Chad Reed still has star power. If anybody's doubting oh, that, yeah. like it's it's oh, yeah. it's without a yeah, doubt. Sure. Uh, let's get to co- quickly to a couple of phone calls here. Uh, Ryan, what's going on? What's your question for uh, for Jeff Emig? Hey guys, how are y'all? What's up, man? What's uh, up, Ryan? Hey, uh, what's up, uh, Jeff? I was watching some old videos. I've been a fan since I've been five years old of you, man. And you're always a really good rider with standing up on your foot pegs and your your corner speed while standing up is phenomenal. And uh, Roxon's been doing a really good job with that as well. You know, what do you, you know, of course, everybody has different techniques, but uh, do you think there's a huge advantage to, you know, standing up as much as possible on the bike? Yeah, I mean, I think as much as possible. I, I, I was just riding earlier today, um, and I, I haven't been riding that much lately, and I feel myself, like, being really lazy, and I'm thinking, consciously thinking, wow, this is horrible technique. Like, you need to get on the balls of your feet, and, and like, you know, um, but... We was at uh, Majora Park in Italy uh, three weekends ago, where where the Motocross of Nations will be this year, and we did a riding school there, and then I did another riding school with James Dobb and Tommy Searle in England last week, um, and you know, so for myself, I have to start thinking about breaking it down and teaching uh, these amateur racers um, and even you know some some like intermediate expert level riders. The little, the little things that really separate the good guys from the bad guys and standing on the balls of your feet and using your ankles as shock absorbers and squeezing the bike of your legs and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I could go on forever, but uh, that's really, really important, yeah. To me, watching, watching uh, rocks and, and, and Jeff doesn't get a lot of this because he's up in the booth uh, for Supercross, uh, when you watch him ride, he rides his 450 in such a low RPM. He rides yep. the bike the way it's supposed to be ridden. If you watch him and Barsha, oh, yeah. it's the exact opposite. I think Kenny's strength oh, yeah. is just knowing how to ride a 450. He lets the bike do the effort, just hanging on and riding in the meat of the power. Well, so. and, and also through the testing process and your research and development on your own bike is trusting that, that the engine will perform at that and then getting used to it to where that you're instinctually riding in a lower RPM. That's a big difference. I know when Buddy Antonez was working with Justin Barsha last year, he was like, "Dude, you gotta get off the rev limiter. The piston is huge. You don't you don't have to rev it. <laughs> yeah, just set up your bike like that." So yeah, um, good, good thing to point out. Ryan, you uh, you got a bike? Yes, sir. You want some fly sector boots? Man, that'd be amazing. Thank you. That'd be, that'd be great. All right. Well, stay on the line. You win a set of fly sector boots. Big dollar prize today on the show. Uh, thanks, wow. Ryan. Stay on the line. Tits will get your information, man. Thank you, sir. No problem. Uh, oops, I just hung up on him. <laughs> My bad. Uh, call back, buddy. I know. Call back, Ryan. Uh, Michael, what's going on? You want to talk about Cooper Webb? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, man? Hey, first off, I say it's a privilege to be on a phone with uh, two guys that give their honest opinion about moto and are both so uh, fashion forward and stylish on TV when they make their appearance. Thank you. So. Thank you very much. I know that you mostly yeah. mean me. I know you mostly mean me. So I, uh, Well, yeah. you know, I, I figured I'd lump Emig in there, too. Yes. Um, right. Yeah, with uh, Cooper Webb, I, I just tuned into your show a while ago. I, I assume you guys have been talking. I caught some of the tweets and stuff you sent out. Is that for real? Yeah, he really is angry at the U.S. series. I don't know if you, Fro, do you know anything about this, uh, Cooper's tweets he put out? 
No, I've uh, been uh, I've been preoccupied with home stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah last no, but I was I'll follow up on it. What's his deal? Yeah, he just he put out a bunch of tweets last night about the series and how the GPS are so much better. How this is a fake what, series. What and, GPS has he written? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, seriously, and, and, what? What MXGPs has uh, he ridden? D- he's never the ridden. Motocross of Nations? Yeah, that's it, right? I think. Is that because it? Because the Motocross of Nations is not like a GP. It's a very, very special event in a lot of different ways. Yeah, so, yeah. That, yeah. Okay. It's interesting there is that a it seems like difference. he. Uh, sorry, Jeff, you talking still. I don't mean to talk over you. I mean, there's a, there's a massive difference between the two championships. I was just there for two weeks. Okay, I'm really I'm not biased to either one. Um, my heart certainly is. It will be in Redbud this weekend, even though I won't be attending. Um, I think that the Pro Mo- Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship is an amazing series. I think the racetracks are fantastic. Um, I do have my opinions about you know track prep and things like that, but it, but overall, I mean some of the best tracks in the world, some of the racetracks in Europe what their conditions are, um, dude, you better like riding on rocky track, you know? It, it, so it's, there's, there's things that you can complain about and there's things that you can praise with both championships. That's just the nature of it. Um, I agree. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the end result, the, the rider that works the hardest and, and is the best ends up winning. And, and um, I, I don't know exactly what, what Cooper Webb's uh, gripes are right now. Um, but I'll, I'll follow up on it and see what's up. Maybe we can talk about it next week. Yeah, yeah. What uh, What else, Michael? Anything else about that? I was just going to say it's ironic that this seems to be coming because he's pissed off that he has to stay at a press conference when the GP series is like three days long and he's in and out. And, yeah, you know, thirty six hours and complaining about it. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree that they, they love press conferences in Europe, as Fro knows. They love them. They'll trot. Oh, yeah. They'll trot everybody out to announce GPs and announce racing, and they'll bring a rider and the rider from the from the MX two from from the fastest qualifier on Saturday as a press conference, and then on on Sunday they have another press conference if they're in the top three. So. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of press conferences going on, and, and yeah, Webb would not be able to leave the track on on, on Sunday night. So. No, no. Um, so all right. short when you're looking to develop a brand, he's finally stepping up to a big bike and really trying to develop. And now he's kind of looking like a, a crybaby well, rather than I mean, a superstar. You know Dude, what? I went. Through, I probably went through the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's part of a maturing process. Cooper has the heart of a lion. He's very very opinionated. Um, he's got, uh, he's very, he's got a lot of strong thoughts. I think that he will be a great leader in our sport. There's no doubt that he'll be a champion many more times. Um, and the best guys like that seem to have strong opinions about how they want, uh, want their business to go. And that's just, you're, you're, you're never going to change that. Yeah, I agree. It's, yep. it's it's young people, and they, they yeah, it's, it's it's things that they got to go through. Uh, imagine if there was Twitter back in your day, Fro. Oh yeah, <laughs> there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't have been a my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could quote me on that. <laughs> right, right. You could put that up on Twitter. I'll do that. Uh, thanks, Michael. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Jeff, talking a little bit more about the uh, Italian GP, uh, Jeffrey Hurlings. You saw this kid. Um, Early on, he's not a kid anymore. Yeah, no, good point. Uh, looks like he's going to be forced out of the series. Adam Wheeler told me about this rule change that they made, and I'm all for it. The guy is on another level, and and he's racing a bunch of kids that that really, as soon as they start getting good, they kind of get out of the class. And and I, I'm a strong believer that Hurlings has been down there way too long, and uh, and I'm yeah. glad he's going up. Yeah, he's he's been there too long, but I can tell you what, um, guys are in those guys in the 450 class. They better raise their game as high as they can because <laughs> yeah, what yeah. we saw, what we saw this weekend, especially Sunday, was unbelievable. I I really hadn't watched him ride that closely uh, before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been hurt at a lot of the events that I've been to. Um, he does things differently on a motocross bike than everybody else out there. I it's just something about how he drives the bike into the ground. He completely manhandles that that KTM 250F, and there's no doubt that once he gets to a 450, that he will be competing for the win. Yeah. And as fast as he rode this weekend, I mean, he both motos, he, he had the fastest lap times every time he went out, mm-hmm. faster than the 450s. Track conditions were fairly similar. Um, 
he the first moto, he set the fastest lap of the day on his second to the last lap when he had like a 45-second lead. Mm-hmm. Like there was no backing off. And what I heard is that there was some bosses from another manufacturer there that that were that are making uh, um, a push for him in the in the future. And so mm-hmm. he was like, "Okay, I'm going to absolutely demolish the competition and leave these bosses with the idea that they have to do whatever it takes to sign it." I mean, he's very, very headstrong that way. Yeah, and very strategic. And I mean, dude. I really think that the 250 class over there is really talented. There's a lot of kids in there or young men that I really, you know, admire. Um, but there was nobody close to him. No. His momentum. He keeps his momentum up so good. Uh, it's oh, yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Cause there's a couple of sections where he was jumping things where uh, you were just, he was barely breaking it, it looked like. So, phenomenal yeah, rider. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's moving up for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Jeff, thank you for doing the show. Really appreciate it. You're back in America. We'll, have you, on, we'll have you on next week. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I, do- waited, I waited around for 17 minutes. That <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Why can't, bro? He's just taking Dude, the time. I'm going to start complaining. I'm going to call Cooper Webb and ask, <laughs> yeah, like, what, what's the strategy here? Start doing that, man. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back here, and we'll get you on next week to talk. Um, uh, we're going back to Southwick next week. So that'll be something new to, oh, yeah, new to talk the, about. So. The, the deep sands of Southwood. Yeah, really, right? right. Uh, thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon, man. Hey, will you, will you please give my regards to your wife? I will. I know I, how this... heartbroken I was that we couldn't share a glass of Lambrusca. Oh, she... Did you, did you have any Lambrusco while you were there? No, I had something sparkling, called sparkling I had, We had something called a spritz. Spritz, they everyone told yeah, us to get spritz. Yeah. I don't know. It's amazing. Anyway, send my best to the wife, and I'll uh, talk to all you fans, listeners. Thank you for listening in. I will be with you guys again next week. Perfect. Thanks, bro. See ya. All right, see ya. Jeff Emming, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Flyracing.com and fab.com. Appreciate uh, all three of those guys coming on, and uh, it's great insight and uh, some GP talk. A lot of Cooper Webb talk. Tits, um, thank you for You're coming welcome. in. Yep. Sorry about Dungey again. It's okay. You be all right? No, but I'll get by somehow. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. I was born in-